Well, seeing a lot of uh, happy, nappy people out here right now. That, uh, it's, did you get enough to eat this afternoon? Amen. Uh, Brother Quinlan suggested we need to start with Father Abraham. So that's where we're going to begin tonight. No, I'm teasing. Let's go ahead and stand together. Turn to page 230. Page 230. I don't know if I can make it through Father Abraham right now. Page 230. We're going to sing all verses of amazing grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of our God? Let's sing it out together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. That grace appeared the hour I first believed. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures through many dangers toils and snares i have already come tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to see. not Father Abraham, amen. Sometimes tell, all I could think about was I'd probably get sick, amen, and uh, doing that. But I'm telling you, if you didn't get enough to eat, well, something's wrong with you, amen, because it was all right there for the taking, amen. And uh, mercy, it was good. It was uh, phenomenal. And so praise the Lord for those that brought uh, dishes and, and things like that. It was just a blessing and hope you, hope you did have a good time of fellowship and food and, and things like that and sure glad that you stayed uh, because the Lord the Lord deserves to be honored in that way amen and so let's pray tonight or this afternoon I, I want to say tonight amen I don't if I start saying that too much well I'll be asleep amen so uh, but let's pray this afternoon ask God's blessing on our time together I'm gonna ask brother Joe Quinlan if you would pray for us
ask you to remain standing so you don't fall asleep. Turn to page 167. Page 167. Aren't you thankful for Calvary today? Amen. Calvary covers it all. Page 167. Let's sing it out together on that first verse. Far dearer than all that the world can impart was the message that came to my heart how that Jesus alone for my sin did atone and Calvary covers it all Calvary covers it all my past with its sin and stain my guilt and despair Jesus took on him there and Calvary covers it all the stripes that he bore and the thorns that he wore told his mercy and love evermore and my heart bowed in shame as i called on his name and calvary covers it all calvary covers it all my past with its sin My guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all. How matchless the grace when I looked in the face of this Jesus, my crucified Lord, my redemption complete I then found at his feet and Calvary covers it all Calvary covers it all my past with its sin and stain my guilt and despair took on him there and Calvary covers it all how blessed the thought that my soul by him bought shall be his in the glory on high where with gladness and song I'll be one of the throng, and Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him there, and Calvary covers it all.
Praise the Lord for Calvary. Amen. What a great day it's been in the Lord. I'm going to ask Brother Gentry Gutierrez, would you pray for the tithes and offerings tonight, please? Amen. You may be seated tonight. keep trusting my Lord. We sure can put our trust in him, can't we? Let's uh, stand one, one last time the, this afternoon. Turn to page 444. Page 444, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. We'll sing all three verses, page 444. Lift it up together with me on the first verse. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest, I and my Savior happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. 
Amen. We have much to praise him about. You may be seated. Just before the message this afternoon, we're going to have a special from Ms. Phyllis Watson and Ms. Christy Wisdom. Well, it's already been a great day in the Lord, hasn't it? And uh, sure looking forward to this afternoon. So, Brother Wood, you come and preach to us. Amen. Well, uh, we, uh, those, that meal there, I just want you to know I got fed up. So. <laughs> I've heard all this complaining about you folks 
trying to stay awake during this service and so forth. Well, I have my thing to deal with, too. I'm going to try to not burp during the service while I'm preaching, okay? And so uh, we all have our burdens to bear, amen? And so that's... Uh, so deal with it. I think I said that this morning, didn't I? So Psalms 103, 103rd Psalm tonight, this afternoon, today, <laughs> whatever it is. 103rd Psalm. I want to read verses 1 through 5 for our text and get into the message and get through it. And I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm having a hard time getting it done. I'm just saying I'm going to try to respect the time today and understand the setting. So the 103rd Psalm, verse 1, when you find your place, let's stand together as we show our respect for the reading of God's holy word. Verse 1, the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who, giveth all, uh, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee from uh, excuse me, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word, and I pray your blessings on the reading of it. Lord, help me as your servant to bring a message. This afternoon, that you'll use to minister to the hearts of those that are gathered. Thank you for the good time of fellowship we've had today, starting uh, in the prayer meeting with men around thy throne. We fellowshiped around thy throne, and then today uh, it, around thy word and around the, the good meal, and now again around your word. I pray, Lord, that you would guide my thoughts and words and use me to be a help. I pray, Lord, that you would grant that hearts would be open and attentive to thy word and thy spirit, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we got a good kickoff already today to the Thanksgiving week. Amen. We've had a good time of fellowship together, as we just talked about, and a good Thanksgiving meal. I was telling your pastor that our home church this Tuesday night is going to have a Thanksgiving supper, and we do that every year, so it'll be every bit as good as yours was here, and, and uh, we've got some good cooks that uh, really go all out like you did, and uh, so I'll get to do that, and then at my sister's house on Thursday, so uh, I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to touch the scales for a week or two after that, but anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's the start of the Thanksgiving week, and, and many of you will probably have Thursday get-togethers, and maybe even over the weekend with other family and friends, and whatever you might have in that way. Let's just approach it with the spirit of thanksgiving. Amen. And by the way, I know it's not exactly the same, uh, but feasting is biblical. They had uh, Old Testament feasts, didn't they? And I think it's okay for us to have a feast such as today. Not only okay, it's a blessing. It's a good thing to be able to do this as long as we don't do it every day of every week throughout the year. Amen? That, that, that would hurt us. And so thanksgiving is a good holiday. If it's observed the way it's meant to be observed, it's a good holiday. Most folks, when we think of Thanksgiving, we think of pilgrims and so forth. And I'm going to talk briefly about that by way of introduction. It was started by the pilgrims one year after they arrived in America on that long journey. They had a feast, 
and a celebration. They celebrated the good crop and, and uh, they had some meat there as well. And uh, it was a special time. William Bradford, who later became governor of that colony, prayed an, uh, uh, he, he prayed a prayer before they ate that day. And the prayer consisted of these few words. He said, Thanks be to God for the strength which He has given us and the blessing He has provided in bringing us to this hour, which is laden with possibilities for the future. I love that simple prayer. And I, I read that a little bit uh, during the Thanksgiving uh, time each year. I, I think it's a wonderful way they prayed. They had, they had endured many hardships in that last year. If you follow the timeline a little bit, they left Leiden, Holland on September 16, 1620, and they arrived at Plymouth Rock on November 21, 1620. They, uh, that was a, a journey on a, a very small boat. There was 101 of them on there. I've been to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and they have the Mayflower too there that's docked there now, and it's a replica. Uh, that uh, of the original Mayflower. It was actually built over in uh, uh, England, and uh, so they sailed it over here. So it's the real deal. It's not just something to look at. And I've been on board that and walked through it and so forth, and I, my first thought was 100 people in here <laughs> for all that time. Uh, it uh, must have been uh, quite a journey. After they had been here one year and they were celebrating Thanksgiving, there was only half of them that had survived through that first winter into that time. 101, I think, dwindled to 51 is what it was. Uh, I, I don't have the right, exact number here in front of me, but they had been through it all. They had been through a lot. Yet they were thankful for God's blessings. And they established a tradition of thanksgiving that continues to this very day. And I know there's been different decrees and, uh, and uh, holidays uh, that's been uh, modeled after that, but we do know what Thanksgiving Day is as we gather together uh, this afternoon. And I want you to notice our text. I think it fits the theme of Thanksgiving. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I don't do this in all my messages. I didn't do it all in all my messages I pastored, but... A lot of times I would look up a word to get, I want to know what the word means. Because, you know, we say bless the Lord, what does that mean? And the Hebrew word is the, uh, is the Hebrew word uh, barak, and uh, it means uh, to kneel. It means to uh, give an act, make an act of adoration toward God. It means to praise God. It means to salute. And it does mean to thank and the meaning of the word is to do so abundantly or altogether. And so he follows this up, bless the Lord, O my soul. And, and uh, he says, uh, with all thine heart. He says, let me, let me read it here so I don't forget. With all that is within me. I love that statement there. With all that is within me. A wholehearted thanksgiving and praise. You know, when I hear that, and all is within me, I think of the Apostle Paul who said, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome as well. It's the idea of with all of my being, with all that I'm capable of, I want to bless the Lord. And that's what it's talking about here. 
And it says, uh, it's speaking of uh, zeal or intensity, and certainly speaking of sincerity in our blessing the Lord. And then he says, bless his holy name. I personally believe that the supreme attribute of God is holiness. You know, you can read in the Bible about the attributes of God, and God is love. Praise God for that. Amen. And He's merciful and gracious and long-suffering. And we could go on and talk about the attributes of God. But the Bible in three different places, at least three different places, says He is holy, holy, holy. He is the thrice holy God. doesn't say He's love, love, love or any of those others. It says He is holy, holy, holy. And when you think about that, just for a moment, when we're talking about who God is, the, the word for Lord there, uh, and bless the Lord, is uh, Jehovah. It's Jehovah. And I've read some things about that. I know that the meaning of the word is He is the self-existent Holy One. He's the self-existent Holy One. And by the way, when somebody's talking about what's first cause, there it is. He's the self-existence. Everything else that exists depends on the fact that He is self-existent. It started with Him. You say, explain that. I just did. <laughs> and I'm not going to try to go beyond that. He didn't try to go beyond that. All He said was, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The great God. The Old Testament priest considered His name Jehovah to be so holy that they would not speak it out loud. They didn't feel like it was, they were worthy for that to pass through their lips. Uh, they would use uh, other words, words for names of God, like Elohim, which means the Mighty One. And they used El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. Or Adonai, which means Lord. And, and by the way, in your King James Bible, anytime it's all capitals Lord or all capitals God, that's Jehovah. And if it's uh, a capital like Lord, uh, capital L, and then lowercase, or capital G, lowercase, for those words Lord and God, uh, that's uh, speaking of another name of God. But He's holy. And so, as we bless the Lord, let's remember who He is and what He is. And I think we would do well to not only remember who He is and what He is, but remember who we are and what we are. You know, and I've, uh, I've said this before in my notes. I've, I've actually, not this time, but I've actually put it this way. When I'm talking about Lord as, you know, Jehovah there, and talking about God or in any of His names and me, I would do uh, Lord in giant capital letters and me so small that I could hardly read them. Because that's how we should feel about ourselves in comparison to Him. We, uh, we don't compare well to Him. And I think if we're truly going to bless the Lord, that is glorify Him and praise Him and thank Him, I think we need to have a good grip on who we're talking about in these things. And he said in verse 2, forget not all His benefits. You say, what's that mean? Well, forget not all of His good treatment to us. All of His blessings He's bestowed upon us. You know, it is of benefit to know God and serve God <laughs> and walk with God. And let's not forget His benefits. 
His benefits certainly include His mercy and grace. And we've sung about that in the congregational songs today. And those, those are common themes and ought to be common themes in our music and our teaching and preaching and our witnessing and so forth. But mercy means not giving us what we deserve for our sin. I know you already know that, but I think it's good to remind, be reminded of that. His benefit, first of all, is He's merciful to us. I've often said this. If I were God, a long time ago, I would have pinched my head off. <laughs> and would, I would have pinched yours off too, no offense. Because you know things about you that the rest of us don't know, but God does know. That's true of all of us. And His grace is giving us favor and blessings that we do not deserve. By the way, the next time you feel like, you know, I... God's been so good to somebody else. Why don't I get what I deserve? You ought to thank God you haven't got what you deserve. Amen. <laughs> forget not all his benefits. To forget not means be diligent to remember. And I think we ought to remember his benefits during times of trials and difficulties, even great trials and difficulties. Christian, would you. Would you do your best to never have a woe-is-me attitude? Refuse to have that in your life because God is good all the time. When things are going very well, don't forget these benefits, even in the best of times. Always remember that these are His benefits, some of His benefits, when things are going good in your life. When things are uh, going well, but not exactly our way, you may not like me saying it this way, but stop complaining and whining. You know, you think about it, the things that get people discouraged and depressed, in light of all the good that's going on in our life, and we have basically a hangnail, and I'm speaking figuratively, we have something that doesn't really amount to that much. We have problems that are very manageable problems. And it's like it ruins our day or week or sometimes it ruins a person's month. You know, they just, they're just, they got the poochie lip. You know what I'm talking about? And they're living their lives that way. Stop complaining and whining. We have disappointments. But it's not the end of the world, thank God. When I think about His benefits, we'll list some here from this passage in a moment, but you think about benefits that just pop right into my head real easy. I'm a child of God. I used to be a child of the devil. Now I've been redeemed. I'm going to heaven when I die. <laughs> and I'm sure that we'll be like the Queen of Sheba was when she went to see how great Solomon was and his kingdom was, and she really went to prove to herself that everybody was exaggerating. She did. She said, I believed it not. But the half has not been told. And I'm sure it'll be that way when we get to heaven. The half has not been told. But you just think of the things we take for granted. So we have good food to eat on a regular basis. And a lot of people in the world don't. 
We have clothes to wear. We have places to live. We have friends. And by the way, if you don't have any friends, it's your fault. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Proverbs says, if you're going to have friends, you must show yourself friendly. You know what aggravated me sometimes? Every once in a great while, somebody would come to our church, you know, visit one time and leave, and say, that church wasn't a very friendly church. I only heard that like twice in over 40 years. And uh, sometimes they'd come for a few times, and I would, I would just say, you know, it's not hard to make friends at Whittier Lane. People love each other. If you, you, if you sit off in a corner and won't talk to anybody all the time, you're not going to have friends. But I guarantee you, and I, your church is that way. I know I've already uh, experienced that. Uh, you don't, it, even if you are sitting off in a corner by yourself, somebody's going to come and say hi to you and greet you and welcome you and so forth. We have friends, don't we? We have family. Thank God for family. With our warts, thank God for families. Amen. You ought to thank God every day for a good church. You know, there are, many, uh, there are many other good churches in America today. As we meet together, thank God for that. But yours is an exceptional church uh, for what churches are across America. You know what I'm saying? Any church that's a good church is an exceptional church these days. And thank God you have a good church where you can worship and fellowship and serve God. term I use a lot and I don't read it in the Bible, but I, I still read, uh, use this term a lot. I believe we have a church family. I mean, it's actually more than family because we're all part of the same body. <laughs> That's pretty close, isn't it? We ought to thank God for those things. We think about His benefits. I don't think any of us even know all of His benefits in our lives. But let's remember the ones that we're aware of. Remember to be grateful. It is very important that we bless the Lord at all times. You know, it's commanded. This isn't a suggestion. This is a command. Bless the Lord. It's not only commanded, He deserves it. It's not like it's hard to conjure up, okay, I think I'll say something good about God. He deserves it. Well, I guess I could think of something God's done good for me. That's a, that's a poor soul, isn't it? It gives us proper perspective when we bless the Lord. I didn't make this up. I agree with it 100%, but I read this a long time ago that gratitude turns what we have into enough you may not have as much as somebody else has but you ought to be thankful for what you do have again we're to bless him for who he is and what he is capable of and what he's shown himself to be capable of I have here I'm not going to read it I have count your blessings written out here That's a great song. 
You know, a lot of times we, read, uh, we sing songs and we don't think about what it's saying. But this, this song covers when uh, things are rough and, and when things have more, folks have more than us and conflicts of life and so forth. And if you count your blessings, it'll surprise you what the Lord has done for you. We ought to be blessing counters, hadn't we? I started a tradition when our kids were little. We always went to one of my sister's house for Thanksgiving. We always had Christmas at our house. We went uh, to, uh, the other, to one of my sister's for Thanksgiving, one or the other. And both of them lived only about maybe 15 minutes away, different directions. But they were in our real close area there. And when we get in the car and start, I say, I want you, we're just going to go around the circle till we get there of something you're thankful for. And you know, sometimes it was like they were at the dentist. Because they had to think. You know, I said, you can't say I thank God for everything. That doesn't count. But you know, once they got started, it just flowed. And of course, they got to where they knew it was coming, but they didn't try to prepare. But uh, they would... uh, we would thank the Lord. We need to be thankful people. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all of His benefits. And then really verses 3 through 18, and we're not going through all those, but as a list of uh, some of the benefits. And uh, in verse 3, He said, Who forgiveth all thine iniquity. Thank God for forgiveness of sins. Need I say more? Because that condemns our soul if we're not forgiven. Who healeth all thy diseases. And I'm not going to try to say, you know, I know everybody doesn't get healed of a disease. I understand. But I think it ought to be this way. Anytime you get sick and get well, you ought to thank God. And He heals our spiritual and moral problems as well, doesn't He? Verse 4 says, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. I don't think that's talking about saving your soul there. He redeemeth your life from ruining your life. Remember the song, Remind Me? Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remind me, remind me, dear Lord. In uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 40, uh, Peter uh, was preaching and he said, Save yourself from this unto word generation. Telling people to get saved, but come to Christ and save yourself from this unto word generation. The word unto word means going nowhere. You think about that. No matter how productive your life might be uh, in the in the workforce, in the financial world, and whatever it might be, uh, no matter how successful you might be in this life. If you're not saved, and you don't know God, and you're not living for God, you're going nowhere that matters. I've given a little bit of my testimony. and Really, I got saved when I was a freshman in secular college, and I was a sinner. But I was a good kid. It wasn't like I was the one in trouble all the time. I got in trouble some, but I wasn't one that was in trouble all the time, and And, you know, I wasn't on drugs and I wasn't on all those kind of things. But I look back on my life and I know the thoughts I was thinking. And I know the things that I was valuing that would have destroyed my life. 
if I hadn't got saved, I'm thanking the Lord today. He redeemed me from destruction. You know, you don't have to be the guy they write books about, they write books about, about how bad he was and he got saved and so forth. You don't have to be that person to understand that left to yourself, you'd have made a mess of your life. I know I would have. I know the thoughts I was thinking. I know the things that I was headed toward. And God spared me for that, from that, and I thank Him for that every day. You say, well, I was doing pretty good. Well, good for you. You better think a little deeper. Or maybe that memory's so far gone that you can't drudge it up anymore, and that, that's okay. Suffice it to say, without Christ, you were heading for the wrong kind of life. And I know by dealing with other people over the years, I got saved at 18, I thank God for that, because I found out the longer people go the wrong way, the deeper they get into it. And unless God allows their sin to be their rebuke, you can't hardly pry them out of it. Because many of them become so self-sufficient and so self-satisfied. And that's a huge sin in and of itself, isn't it? It's hard to break through. Who crowneth thee, in verse 4, with loving kindness and tender mercies. I would just say this. Not only can I say God loved me, I can say that God loves me. He didn't just love me till I got saved. And He didn't just love me after I got saved until I messed up somehow. He loves me. And it talks about tender mercies. And to me that means careful and gentle mercies. You know, I said a while ago, if I was God, I'd have pinched my head off a long time ago. He would spend a lot more gentle than that in dealing with me and merciful. Even though the chasing of the Lord can feel so harsh and difficult, it could be a lot worse. Thank God He loves us enough to chasten us that He might straighten us up. Then in verse 5, it says, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. And I don't think it's wrong to apply that beyond food you know, and drink, stuff that goes into our mouth. Uh, but it, He does give us food and other provisions. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Jesus Himself said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He was talking about food and clothing and shelter, the necessities of life. And He does satisfy those needs. But I don't think I would be stretching that to say, when He's speaking of our mouth, He's speaking of our appetites. It's like Canaan land was the land of milk and honey. Do you know you can live without honey? Milk is a basic, you know. You say, I don't like milk. Well, you have in your life, and you needed it. But the land of milk is honey. I think the milk represents the needs. The honey's the good stuff above the needs. It's like banana pudding and apple pie. And we can talk of that in the 
dietary world, you know, the things we eat, there's also milk and honey that's not food. Supplies our needs and gives us good things beyond our needs. And on top of that, the supreme appetite for a man, whether people realize it or not, is endeavoring to fill the empty place in our lives that only God can fill. And he sure has satisfied that in my life, has he yours? Thank God that I know him. And thank God that he loves me and reached down for me. And he said, thy youth is renewed like the eagles. When I think of that, I think of some other scriptures, but Isaiah 40 and verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. He renews their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And the idea there is we exchange our strength for His strength. What a deal. Do you know when you're trusting God, you're saying, God, here's my strength and it's not enough? Can I have some of yours? And He does that for us, doesn't He? We've all been in, most of us, if not all of us here, have been in situations where think, I can't do this. I can't handle this. There's something that needs to be done, but I, and I think I'm supposed to be doing it, but I can't do this. Anybody been there besides me? But the Bible says he renews our strength. We'll mount up with wings as eagles. That means fly really high. <laughs> when we talk about eagles flying, we use the word soar. They soar high above most of the other birds, if not all. You know, we fly very high, and the eagles fly very high, even after having uh, broken feathers or feathers that come out. And they're dependent upon those feathers to get high. But you know what happens to their feathers? They grow back. They're renewed. We mount up with wings as eagles. Even after we've stumbled or taken a setback, I'm glad God doesn't say, well, I'm finished with you. You know, after his resurrection, he told the ladies, he said, uh, go tell the disciples and Peter. Peter had really messed up big time. But what he was saying is, I'm not finished with Peter. Got more for him to do. I'm glad he hadn't finished with us. Amen. Amen. Mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. I'll be honest, the first few times I read this, I thought, I don't get this. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. And it's harder to run than it is to walk. Amen? But run and not be weary speaks of stamina. Walk and not faint speaks of perseverance. He just gives us the wherewithal to keep on keeping on. These are some of his benefits. We could go on and on about them, but we're not going to today. I just uh, want to 
Turn your attention there in Psalms 103. Look down, and I'm not even going to read these, but I want you to see who is to bless the Lord. I'll read just the part of each one of these verses. In verse 20, bless the Lord, ye his angels. The angels are to bless the Lord. Bless ye the Lord, all his hosts. Ye, and it describes it, ye ministers of his. In other words, servants of the Lord. That should be all of us, amen? Bless the Lord. And, and then he says in verse 22, Bless the Lord all His works in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So His angels, His ministers, and His works. Psalms 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. We can bless the Lord for what we see in His wonderful creation. And His works also could be described of those things that He's done in our lives and the lives of our loved ones that were for our benefit. We ought to bless the Lord. Praise Him and thank Him with all that is in you. And forget not. Remember, He is God all the time and He is good all the time. Now think about this. He is good all the time. And I'm all the time supposed to remember that. Amen. And we've talked about benefits like mercy and grace and forgiveness and satisfying us and renewing us and redeeming our lives from destruction and loving kindness and tender mercies. And He satisfies. He does all these things we mentioned and renews. We have a lifetime worth of material with which we could bless the Lord. And I'm not saying that I have the ability to say it in a new way every day because I found out a long time ago I don't. I wish I did. Some of the people, you know, the good men of God and women of God, you read things they've written and they're so eloquent in describing things and so forth. And I feel like my efforts are so feeble as far as my vocabulary and my ability to articulate it. But he sees this. That doesn't mean I should quit trying to articulate it. Because I should. But what's important is saying, not only saying the right things, but saying them out of the right heart. And every one of us ought to make a real practice of blessing the Lord with all we have and all we are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this time together around your